Everyone's fighting a battle that you can't see. I am James and welcome to Focus For You. In this podcast, I will give you tips to overcome the challenges that we all battle with. This week I had a chance to sit down with owner of Supreme Being Body Work, massage therapist Damian Gardner, and we talked about what he's doing with massage therapy and how to dispel common myths. And we answered some questions that you guys have about massage therapy. So I won't bore you any longer. Here's the show. So today's show, I have a very good friend of mine, a very awesome man, um, Somebody that from afar I looked up to and couldn't hope for anything better than what he's doing right now. And uh, I just want to welcome you, Damien, and uh, thank you for being on the show. How's it going? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be uh, here. Yeah, this is fantastic. Um, I'm going to share a story with you, Dame, that I don't know if I have told you before, but the first time I met you, you had been playing uh, baseball in the town league and uh, you were on uh Kiwanis, I want to say yep yep and that, was the squad. that was the squad right and uh and I, I was playing on a terrible team at the time and I couldn't help but to notice you because you were the only other um black kid on the field so it was me and then there was you and you were with a bunch of you know uh all all white people and I was a bunch with all white people and I noticed you and your talent was like so much better than mine and after that, the next time I saw you was in middle school. So, and then uh, we slowly became friends and we've developed a relationship. And uh, now here we are some, uh, if you think about it, it's like some 20, 25 years of uh, interaction between each other. Um, so how about you tell everybody what you've been up to over the last, you know, five, six years of what you've been uh, doing? Man. Man, definitely been uh, staying busy since those days. <laughs> it's been a long yeah, time. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, um, I've been definitely working uh, towards trying to get back into the uh, the sports arena in some way, shape, or form. Uh, that's pretty much the goal and what I've been doing with a lot of the, the work I've been doing with the massage therapy is, uh, you know, in, in, in understanding the importance of, uh, you know, keeping a good healthcare regimen and staying active and all that, you know, that was one of the things I learned in playing sports, especially youth sports at such a young age, you know, sure. as I got older. Um, so a lot of it is, is, you know, just trying to educate people to, you know, the importance of staying active, you know, and, and keeping, you know, involved in, in extracurricular activities, you know, especially at a young age, you know, so um, I guess for me, a lot of it has just been trying to bring that, knowledge to the forefront and how it's helped me uh based on my experiences and uh 
trying to get that message out there. So how how about you tell our, our my my listeners what you what do you do? Well, I am a licensed sports massage therapist. Um, I don't just work with uh, professional athletes, you know, so a lot of people get intimidated when I say that for whatever reason. Um, you don't have to be actively involved in sports in order to, to benefit from sports massage therapy. Um, that's just actually a term that they use to dub the style of massage um, compared to, you know, other traditional styles of massage. But sports massage therapy specifically is more of a, you know, it takes a performance based approach to uh, how we apply our work. Um, performance based. Could you elaborate a little more on that? Uh, what I mean by performance based is, say, depending on the type of sport that you play or um, your job occupation, whatever the case, uh, people have a tendency to, re to repeat the same types of motions throughout the day on a day-to-day -day basis. Say if you work like a, you know, office job or a desk job or a driving job or something of the such, then you have a tendency to, you know, sit down longer periods of time than the average person, you know, throughout the day. Whereas, um, you know, studies have shown um, any type of um, sedentary lifestyle like that is the cause of a lot of the, you know, um, diseases and ailments and everything that a lot of people are suffering from nowadays and the chronic pain and, and tension in the body that we're, uh, that we're experiencing now, a lot of that is due to the fact that people are, you know, living these lifestyles, you know, sure, where they're sure. a, lot, a lot less inactive you know, or a Absolutely. lot more inactive rather. Um, I can, I, I could see that nowadays with, uh, with sitting in a chair for six, seven hours at a time and, uh, you, you start to get certain back ailments and things that you didn't have previously. And, oh, yeah. um, definitely. Um, but I was thinking to myself, as you were saying, about uh sports related um injuries is um much like probably my much of my listeners my i myself play you know softball or basketball or 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 something or soccer something like that and i in my spare time do you see a lot of common injuries or common um problems that happen for people definitely definitely and you know to elaborate on the the last question um, you see a lot of common injuries based on the person's occupation specifically or whatever sport it is that they're they're engaging in. Um, a lot of the injuries and stuff that you see, you know, there's a pattern there. So that's what I meant by, you know, what I do with sports massage, it being a little bit more performance based. You know, a lot of it is kind of troubleshooting based on, you know, first the person's occupation, you know, lifestyle habits, you know, um, their level of activity, you know, we kind of take all of that information. And then from that, you kind of, you know, come up with a, a wellness plan, so to speak, you know, as because through regular massage, you can kind of help alleviate a lot of the, the stress and tension that they're inflicting upon their bodies, you know, based on their, their just everyday day-to-day -day activities, you know? Sure. Sure. Absolutely. I can totally see that. So this, you know, as you're telling me this and how knowledgeable you are with this information, it just can't, it just kind of like gets me back to the point where at some point you weren't doing massage therapy at all. You were big into uh, being creative in uh, music and video and all that. So how'd you get transformed into going from audio video to now massage therapy? Ah, that's a good question. 
And that's the one that a lot of people ask me because it seemed like it was a, a leap um, in a totally different direction. Uh, but to be honest with you, the best way that I could uh, answer that question would be, um, you know, I've always been a creative type. I've always uh, been a fan of the arts. Um, my creative endeavors and pursuits kind of always centered around the entertainment industry. Um, and in in those pursuits, you find that it's, you know, it's a tough industry to get into, you know, especially on the creative side of things. Um, it takes a lot of time and energy that you have to invest into, you know, pursuing your passions. And in that process is where I learned the importance of self-care, you know, taking better care of myself, you know, having mm. gone down that road. Wow. Um, yeah, that's where I experienced a lot of the, you know, the stress that, um, and, and, and adversity, you know, and obstacles and everything else. And, you know, trying to, you know, make it in that industry per se, you know? So, yeah. I, I, I hear you. I hear you on that where, uh, I, I talk a lot about that, about, uh, um, finding your own energy and focusing in on you and making sure that you are the best you, you can be to, so you can be, um, influential to the people around you. Exactly. And, um, Exactly. And it and, and it's really challenging if you feel like you're always being beat up or if you feel like you're whatever you're doing on day in and day out is really affecting your mood and your energy. And I tell people this all the time, you know, you're in charge of your own energy. Yep. You're in charge of your own self. You're in charge of um why you make the decisions you make and do the things that you do. And um when you're stuck in a place where it's causing you a lot of mental duress or a lot of, uh, you know, even not even not, it doesn't even have to be mental, but physical duress where you just, where it's just hard for you to continue to do what you're doing day in and day out. You start to reevaluate what it is that you're actually trying to do. And I feel like, um, without speaking for you, but I feel like that's kind of the direction you took yourself in. Exactly. All right. That's great. That's fantastic. Um, so did did you really have a plan when it came to switching over to the massage therapy or you just said, I'm just going to do it? Um, yeah, it actually wasn't even that simple to be honest with you. It just, it's the way it played out. Um, you know, me having the athletic background and having suffered from so many sports industry, uh, well injuries in the past. Um, I feel like a lot of me going through that pursuit, you know, um, trying to, pursue my passion in the entertainment industry, you know, with that much added stress to my life at that point, <laughs> everything kind of came to a head, um, you know, and with going through those uh, stressful times is kind of where I learned the importance of self-care tactics and, you know, and having some sort of healthcare regimen in place for me. So it was like a no brainer for me, you know, once I got into massage school, you know, a lot of the stuff that I was learning, I started applying to more than my own life first. And from there, it just kind of makes sense that I would, you know, be driven to become, you know, a little bit more of an advocate to a lot of other uh, younger sure. up and coming athletes, you know, coming up through the system. You know, I see where so much, you know, stress is put on these these kids to perform in these arenas you know, with very little importance placed on, you know, um, how they should be taking better care of themselves to begin with. You know, um, it's, it's very important, extremely important to kind of, you know, get that message out there. You know, so they can kind of avoid a lot of the uh, the same same mistakes that I feel as though I made myself. You know? 
So speaking of uh, messages, you know, what are some uh, common myths about um, massage therapy? Ah, there are a lot. (laughs) There are a lot of common myths about massage therapy, but off the top of the head, um, one that I could say that comes to me would be uh, a lot of people have a tendency to sexualize massage therapy. You know, first and uh, foremost, yeah. there's, there's so many right. different uh, types of massage out there, you know, each one having their benefits and, you know, different ways. But, you know, that's why the importance for me in, in educating people to um, understanding massage therapy and what it is and how it can help. You know, it's yeah, that's where I see where a lot of people just kind of lack the uh, the knowledge, you know, and the education on it and the understanding that there are there, there's a difference you know, and the types of massage and it's all in the approach, you know. Um, But that being one of them, you know, a lot of people have a tendency to just sexualize massage therapy, you know, with sports massage therapy. um, A lot of times the work that we do is, you know, clients are fully clothed, you know, they're wearing athletic wear and everything else. There's no sexual aspect to massage therapy whatsoever. Um, But then again, you know, that opens up a whole nother conversation to, you know, um, you know, there's massage between couples and lovers, you know, like something that right. you would do intimately within the privacy of your own home, you know, and that's obviously right. where a lot of people, you know, get that um, uh-huh. misunderstanding from, you know, because that's the only type of massage that they've ever been introduced to, you know, in the media or you know, right. at home or whatever the case, you know. So, you know, it's just kind of educating people to the fact that we are, in fact, healthcare professionals, you know, and what we do is professional, you know. Um, so yeah, that's probably the biggest myth I find it's the hardest and the most frustrating in trying to, 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 to work through in this industry, you know, especially being a male massage therapist, you know, that kind of, kind of makes it that much more difficult <laughs> to get through. Did, you know? Yeah, but, that was, uh, that's, that's exactly where I was going to, the next question I was going to ask you, you know, being a man in this profession, like how does it affect you? And, you know, what do you do to combat that with, you know, female um clients possibly because i mean not for nothing i'm sure a lot of females feel uncomfortable about having a male uh masseuse or massage therapist i should say um and being in that room just the two of them and not having anybody really to kind of watch their back or have their back or or have somebody take advantage of them with um the me too movement and the things that are going on in women's rights you know women want to feel secure and safe you exactly. know what are you doing for that for them in that light man i have to go above and beyond put it like that like as a male therapist um i feel like it's my job and my duty to do everything to the utmost level of professionalism for that I reason um but i love it i love it that's awesome yeah, and it's like it, the funny thing is though, it's kind of like, you know, being a male in a in a pretty much female dominated industry, you definitely see a lot of the adversity um and the obstacles that a lot of the women face, you know, in the regular working world, you know, aside from, you know, massage therapy, but just, you know, in the working world in general, you know, um women have been, you know, uh, held back and oppressed in the workplace for for some years, you know. So now coming into this industry, you know, being one of the few males, you kind of see <laughs> a lot of what, you know, they see on a day-to-day basis and, you know, a lot of these other yeah. professions. So, I mean, for me, a lot of it was, um, 
the shoes on the other foot right now, right? Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So, you know, okay. just gaining that insight, you know, um, it made it a little bit more easier to kind of navigate. And, but then you kind of see also where you need to fine tune and where you need to kind of like step it up even more than the next therapist, you know, just because of, you know, your situation or your, your unique situation rather. So it's definitely forced me to have to set my bar a lot higher than most therapists do. Um, as far as my reputation and, you know, how I portray myself, you know, um, in the media and on social media and, you know, on my website and everything else, it's like, you know, I had put a lot into my branding and, and everything else for a reason, you know, it's because like you said, I have to be the one to be able to build that trust with a lot of these, you know, clients, women, especially, you know, cause the reality is in this industry, you know, um, a lot of women feel more comfortable with going to another female therapist as opposed to going to a male therapist. Cause you know, Absolutely. you know, you never know their background, where they come from. You know, a lot of these women have, you know, Absolutely. suffered, you know, uh, sexual abuse, you know, psychological, mental, physical abuse, um, to where they're just not ready to cross that line yet. Um, yep. if they'll ever be for that matter. But, yep. you know, uh, at the end of the day, you know, my goal is to try to still do everything that I can to create that type of trust and that type of environment for them to be able to feel like, you know, at some point they would be comfortable enough to, um, you know, to, to, to give it a try, you know, cause at the end of the day, you know, the healing process starts, yeah. you know, where you're willing, when you're willing to, um, to overcome your fears. Yeah, to you step know. through that door to overcome a challenge. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. I mean, but then on the flip side, I was going to say, too, also, you know, with, with the males, a lot of them don't want any parts of having, you know, massage from a male therapist. <laughs> so it's like, you know, that, so you definitely have to step it up even more, you know, to try to prove to a lot of people, you know, what massage therapy is or even educating them rather on uh, what massage therapy is, how it can help you and how you need to take the sexual aspect out of it first and foremost. Right. You know, so we can help you as healthcare professionals. It you know? sounds like you're stuck between a rock and a hard place when it comes to uh, finding uh, clients and, uh, and people to get down on the, on, on your table to uh, enjoy some uh, actual relaxation. So when you have uh, potential clients, um, what, how does this work for you? How does this really, how does that boil down? How do you normally get to that point? Um, when you're, you know, when they come through the door, what are they looking for? Oh man. Well, everybody comes in looking for something different to be, <laughs> to be honest with you. And this is where I'm seeing, uh, this being my, I'm, I'm coming up on my second year, um, in my own private practice. Now I've been a therapist for about four, a little over four years now, going on five years. Um, but in my own practice, I see where a lot of people come in, you know, under the impression that, you know, massage therapy is a luxury. You know, it's just kind of like, a, it's something that you do when you want to relax every now and then or treat yourself or pamper yourself. Okay. Um, so everybody does come in, you know, looking for something different. Whereas I do have a lot of athletes that come in since I said, I'm trying to market myself more towards, you know, athletes and, you know, fitness minded people. Right. Um, because I, I want people to see the benefits of massage therapy in the long run, you know, as a preventative measure or, you know, a alternative to, you know, to healthcare, you know, to where, um, I get a lot of sports and fitness clientele that come in, you know, looking for work for those reasons, you know, specifically. So it's kind of like trying to sort out, 
um, the different types of clients that are coming your way and figuring out what it is that they need for their unique situation, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it does make uh, plenty of sense. And I was just asking because um, people, like you said before, have a misunderstanding uh, of what it is that people are doing for massage therapy and um, what it actually can do for you on a day in and day out basis, not just being a luxury or something to pamper yourself, but like you said, to have a per, per, preventative, preventative. Per, yeah. preventative measures to your um, all around health and your day in and day out um, health. Um, so I was doing a little bit of research and I, there's, I was on a, I was on a very well health.com and uh, they have 11 massage etiquette questions. You may be too embarrassed to ask. So I was going to ask you a <laughs> okay. few, I was going to ask you a few and, and get your input on that. All right. Definitely. This should be good. All right. So uh, one of the first ones is, do you tip your massage therapist? Yes, of course. <laughs> of course you should. If you, if you, if you really enjoy the work, um, I feel as though you should, um, tip your massage therapist, but at the same time, um, I don't feel as though you should feel obligated to have to tip, especially if you didn't like the work, you know, I'm from the old school. So I feel as though, you know, if, if, if you feel like the therapist just didn't do what they were supposed to have done, you know, the communication wasn't clear for whatever reason, you know, or they just didn't focus on, you know, whatever it is that you came in for you know, little stuff like that. All right. I understand, you know, why you uh, may or may not decide you want to tip, but the reality is a lot of these therapists, especially ones that are working, you know, in, um, you know, these corporate places, you know, I don't know if I can be naming any names on here, but you know, uh, these other massage spa places, you know, um, a lot of times these therapists aren't getting paid, you know, that much. So, you know, they, they, they survive off of their tips, you know, but at the same time, you know, I feel like if, if you as a therapist put your all and your everything into the work that you do and you, you know, you're genuinely passionate about what you do and you know, wanting to help your client, then, you know, that's something that people are naturally going to do for you anyway, as a result, you know, so I can't say that I've ever really had that many situations in my, you know, experience to where people didn't tip me, right. you know, there have been a few times where people, you know, for whatever reason, they just didn't have the money financially, whatever the case. And I'm totally understanding in those situations, but you know, they definitely express their gratitude, you know, and how thankful right. and grateful they are for you helping them. So a lot of times for me, you know, that's what makes it all worth it at the end of the day is like knowing that you were at least able to help somebody, you know? Right. Um, awesome. Yeah, definitely. If you want quality service in the long term, though, I suggest, you know, you tip something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Yeah. Uh, should uh, number two, should you feel soreness or pain during a massage? Yes, depending on what type of massage it is that you're going for. Um, you know, as we talked about earlier with sports massage, um, like deep tissue, those types of modalities, myofascial work, um, those types of work uh, require that you know you break up a lot of the the adhesions, the muscle adhesions, and you know tight overly tense, you know, hypertonic muscles, you got to kind of go in and reset a lot of those muscles to, to elongate them and get them to stretch out a little bit, you know? Um, so that sometimes does require a little bit of uh, pain and discomfort as a result, you know? Um, whereas if you were to go get a massage, like in a spa and you're just looking to relax, you know, that's a little bit more of a light 
feather touch type of work, you know, that'll help uh, induce relaxation and, you know, get you to go to sleep if you're having, you know, insomnia problems or something like that. So, you know, it's, uh, this it, is, it, it this definitely, is, this uh, is amazing. All this information that I'm getting from you right now, I'm kind of like geeking out right now. This I'm, is so I'm, dope. I'm trying to help get it out there, you know, in some way, shape or form. Cause like, you know, people don't want to be bored to death with statistics, <laughs> but there's a lot no, of studies but... out there, you know, that, that, that have proven this, but unfortunately it's not like people are dying to go out there and debunk all these massage therapy myths, you know? So it's kind of up to us, myself included, to have to try to educate people and, you know, get a lot of this stuff out there. But you know, if they knew the difference in massage, then, you know, a lot of this, the myths and stories and stuff that you hear out there, half of them wouldn't even exist, you know, like, I mean, yes, you can feel a little bit of pain and discomfort if you're going for deep tissue or sports or something like that. But it's all about the intentions, you know, and the goal of the session. You know, if you're looking to relax and you go to a spa or something like that, you know, it's um, it's a little bit more of a relaxing, you know, melodic therapeutic approach. So you definitely shouldn't be sore after a spa relaxation session, you know. So we had a small technical difficulty, but uh, the way I'm going to edit it, it won't even seem like anything ever happened. So um, back to the questions I had about the massage etiquette questions. Um the next question we had was, um, how much clothing should you remove for a massage? Uh, good question. I mean, that actually, it, 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 it pretty much depends on the type of massage you're going for. You know, as I said before, if, if you're going for a sports specific type of massage, um, a lot of times the work that we do is right through the clothes. You know, we work right through the clothes. Um, so as long as you have some sort of like athletic wear or shorts or, you know, um, spandex, you know, yoga pants, whatever, you know, you don't really have to remove too much clothing unless the work that you're looking to have done is a little bit more specific. Say if you come in with a, you know, a sports injury, for instance, like, um, if you have like a frozen shoulder injury or something like that, um, a lot of baseball players, you know, um, throwers have injuries of the rotator cuff um, injury, uh, uh, shoulder injuries. So in a case like that, it'll be a little bit more beneficial sometimes, you know, to remove your shirt if you have any type of shirt on or anything like that so that we can, we can work more, a little bit more specifically, you know, at the, the joints and the, uh, the muscle attachments and all of that. So in a case like that, you know, clothing might get in the way a little bit. So there are times where, you know, a, a therapist might ask you to remove a certain article of clothing in order to work a little bit more specifically in that area. But I mean, yeah, aside from that, a lot of times massage can just be applied, you know, directly through the clothing. You know, it's no different than if you were to go um, go to the mall, you know, how you see them uh, providing massage, the chair massage and stuff like that in the mall. You know, that's a good way to introduce people to the basics of massage therapy. But, you know, of course, you know, and getting that type of massage, it's not as specific. Um, you know, you can't be as thorough with the work, but it is a good way to introduce people who have otherwise not experienced massage. You know, it's a good way for them to be able to experience it without having to, you know, remove clothing and things like that. So, all right. So, uh, the next question is what if you feel self-conscious about your body? Uh, I know a lot of people probably 
have this in the back of their mind. And one of the reasons why it deters them from going, like maybe they think that they're overweight or they have ugly feet or definitely you know, bad scars or something of that nature. Definitely. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I get that one all the time. Um, what I tell my clients is, you know, every time you step in to these doors, um, it's a judgment free zone. Um, our goal is to not to, uh, you know, make you feel bad about your body or to shame you about your body. You know, as a healthcare professional, our goal is to just address um, any issues that you might, you know, want to look into uh, to kind of help help you in your um, your your journey. Uh, you know, for everybody, it's different. You know, everybody has different body goals and, you know, ways that they view their body. So we try to teach or we try to deal with every client accordingly, you know, because everybody's in a different place, you know, with how they view their body and the goals that they have for it uh, as far as the fitness and, you know, their lifestyle and everything else. So um, it's definitely a judgment free zone when, when clients come in. You know, we respect our clients confidentiality first and foremost. So you know, anything that uh, is discussed in a session with your therapist, you know, is obviously between the client and, you know, the therapist. Uh, right. I, I mean, I hope that kind of goes without saying, but I mean, you do have to make sure that you put your clients at ease with these things. Cause I mean, they wouldn't be having these questions or these thoughts if they didn't think it was something definitely to, to, to kind of worry about. Oh yeah. Um, I, I get it all the time too. Like um, the, the one major one that I get, is a lot of women come in um, and it never fails. You know, they're, they're always quick to vocal or, or make vocal the, the, the point that they didn't get a chance to shave their legs or whatever the case, you know, which is, it's, it's like, it's so funny to me because first of all, as a professional, that's the last thing I'm thinking about when I get a body on the table, you know, like I'm more so focused on the muscles, you know, and the functioning and, you know, what's, you know, I'm, I'm troubleshooting, you know, what exactly the problem could be, especially if somebody comes in with a specific issue. Um, so, yeah, thinking about the hair in the body is something that's the furthest thing from my mind, especially since, you know, a lot of times, you know, if I'm working with a male client nine times out of 10, you know, their their legs are hairier than most women that come in the door. You know, so right. it's like if, if it's not a problem for me to work on, you know, a, a guy's legs, then you know, a, a, to have a female client with a little bit of hair on her legs, is not the end of the world, you know, but it, it's, it's funny to see how self-conscious they are in that moment <laughs> and how worried they are about it, you know? No. Yeah. It's uh that's, that's uh, something I, I had not thought about, but, you know, also shaving legs is a, it's a societal thing. And it's yeah. Yeah. So, so, I mean, uh, you're starting to see more and more women, uh, liberate from shaving their legs and stuff like that but that should never deter you from going to uh into one of these massage places to get uh you know to get some treatment or to to work on something that you're working on um another question uh should you make conversation during the massage Ooh, these are good questions these are good questions um <laughs> my answer to that is uh the whole goal behind a lot of the sessions is to help allow people the opportunity to become more self-aware in their time on the table. And what I mean by that is a lot of the relaxation that takes place in a massage session all starts with the client's ability to, to, ability to be able to, to, to calm their mind. So my goal as a therapist, first and foremost, is to get the person to first, you know, 
gain control of their thoughts, you know, enough to where they can relax, you know, to where their mind's not racing and all over the place and here and there and everything else. Um, so with that being the approach, uh, I really feel like it's, it's ex- extremely important, you know, to be able to address the mind or the mental aspect or the psychological aspect, you know, of the client first before you even get into, you know, any of the physical work, you know, and if you can do that, then a lot of the physical stuff just kind of falls into place after that, you know, and the person just kind of automatically gets on the table and is able to, you know, to relax. And, uh, as a result to, to, uh, express if they're feeling too hot or too cold, if they're in pain or, you know, things of that nature. I, I mean, if it, it becomes second nature when you're on the table, when you're, when you feel relaxed in somebody else's hands and that you don't feel any of the constructs that you had previously walking into that door. Exactly. So I, I I definitely see where you're going with all of that. Um, Another question is what if I fall asleep and snore or drool? Does, does that happen with you? Uh, I get clients that fall asleep all the time. Um, As far as the ones that drool, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm not really sure. Uh, I can't really say. We'll have okay. to, I guess, keep that, keep that confidential, <laughs> but <Okay. laughs> yeah, no, 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 I'm just joking. I'm joking. But yeah, um, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. A lot of them have drooled a little bit here and there, but I have had some knockout, you know, they, they, they snore on the table, no problem. But to a, a massage therapist that loves what they do and, you know, they understand that this is a client that probably otherwise hasn't been able to fall asleep, you know, in such a deep deep state of relaxation to us, that's a sense of accomplishment. You know, when we get a client that's kind of snoring on the table, cause we know that first and foremost, that they were comfortable enough with us to, uh, to be able to reach that deeper state of relaxation. And then, you know, second of all, it's, it's definitely a sign, you know, that they were, uh, relaxed enough to where they could go to sleep, you know, on the I table, no f- problem. I have to feel like that's gotta be some very nice self gratification that you were able to kind of, use your hands and a, and a way to put somebody to sleep and, uh, not have them and, and have them feel that secure in that place. So, oh, yeah. um, definitely. yeah, I, I, I mean, um, yeah, I could definitely see where that is, um, a big time thing. Oh, yeah. So, um, what if you have to go to the bathroom during your massage? I, I mean, I kind of figure this is kind of a no brainer. You just say, Hey, I got to go. And then you just get up and go and, yeah. 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 You just let the therapist know and the therapist has no problem stopping the session. A, a lot of people don't realize um, as therapists, how we're trained to approach the situation is the client has a lot more power um, and control in that situation than they realize. You know, um, obviously, being the professional, uh, we determine the outcome of the session. Uh, but at the same time, you know, the client always has the ability to be able to speak up if they're ever uncomfortable at any point in time on the, on the table, if it's something that we're doing that they don't like, or it's, you know, too painful or uncomfortable or whatever, then all you have to do is say the word. And as a therapist, we are automatically trained to just stop the session, you know, because our goal at the end of the day is to make sure that you as the client, first and foremost, are comfortable and able to relax on the table. You know, if there's anything in your mind, any doubts or, you know, um, Uh, worries or anything of that nature, you know, then that's obviously going to induce a state of panic or anxiety. And that kind of goes totally against what it is that we're trying to do, you know, and what the goal is, Uh you know, of our work. So, 
yeah, at any point in time, if you need to get up and use the restroom or, you know, whatever, feel free to let us know, you know, and I, I make that vocal with a lot of my clients before we even begin the session, you know, to kind of let me know at any point in time, if there's anything, you know, that I can do to make your experience a better one. I keep saying this, but I keep, I'm I'm like geeking out all of this, over all this information that you're giving out. And uh, this is, this is fantastic because this is everything that I was hoping to get out of this interview with you, having you on on the show. And it's just like surpassing everything that I could possibly think of. So um, getting into the next question, we're going to get into a little more, um, uh, more questions that people would definitely think, but not openly say. Um, and one of them is what happens if uh, you get an erection during a massage? Um, I don't know if that's ever happened to you. or <laughs> if- It actually has. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, a couple times actually, but I mean, it's, it's, it's natural. It's a lot more natural than what people think. At the end of the day, you know, it's a, it's a physiological response. Um, if the body is relaxed enough to the point of, you know, an, an erection being induced, that's not always a sexual response. It's not always, you know, sexual arousal. It's just the body's way of um, showing that the person is just that relaxed, you know, and they're that comfortable. Um Cause it has wow. happened, you know, a, a few times, you know, most times just kind of beyond a client's control. But at the end of the day, as a therapist, uh, we are always trained to assess the situation from a standpoint of whether or not the client is acting inappropriately, you know, um, for an erection to happen in the middle of a session, that's one thing, but it's the client's intentions and their behavior and everything that follows up after that, which would determine, you know, uh, the outcome of the session as to whether or not, you know, we would have to, you know, bring the session to an end or whatever the case, you know, allow the client the opportunity to either gather their thoughts, you know, kind of get themselves together. If that's the case, if it's a little bit of an, you know, an accidental thing. Um, but if it was on purpose, you know, and this client obviously has some, you know, ill intentions or whatever the case, uh, then you definitely would have to stop the session and, you know, wow. uh, go ahead and yeah. bring it to an end, you know, but I know yeah. in, in speaking from experience for, for male, for a male, as a male therapist, it's a little bit easier, um, to be able to do that. Yeah. A I lot of my even... female counterparts, you know, it's, it's always, it's not so easy. You know, a lot of times they're working with clients on the table that are a lot larger than them being males as well. It's kind of harder to, you know, stop someone dead in the middle of them being sexually aroused or whatever the case for whatever reason. Um, right. So that can be intimidating. So I could see where maybe a lot of female therapists just might learn tactics to try to avoid that situation altogether. I can hear that. I can um, see that. I- yeah. But at the end of the day, you know, what it boils down to is just, you know, kind of a sex in the client, you know, where they're at and, you know, what their intentions are really. You know, because it does happen, you know, that's the reality of it. Um, yeah. But a lot of times I, I, it, it's just a, it's just a natural it's a natural response to the body's ability to be able to relax. You know, it's, yeah, it's, I would have to I would have to think it's uncomfortable for for women, definitely. But I, I'd i have to kind of uh, assume that 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 comes with the job at times. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, I, I, I shoot. I had never thought of it that way, but. Yeah, I'd have to assume that it's it's quite uncomfortable at times, but I mean, 
I figured the most professional massage therapist yeah. knows how to navigate through that uh, effect- oh, yeah. effectively and efficiently. Oh, yeah. So you think of it in terms of this, too. You know, like a lot of times when a client is on a table, their mind is drifting. You know, as I, as I spoke to it earlier, the whole goal is to get them to calm their mind down and relax. Right. Get control of their thoughts. But a lot of people, the reason why they're stressed out, you know, and anxious when they come in in the first place is because they 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 fail to be able to do that. You know, so if your mind is constantly drifting um, while you're on the table, especially, you know, if somebody's working on you, uh, whether they're male, female, uh, whatever the therapist is, it's not always necessarily an attraction that they have to you that, you know, kind of causes this erection. It's just right. You know, you don't know where their mind is at while they're on the table. You know, if you're on the table and you're feeling good in the middle of a massage and all of that, your mind could be drifting wherever. You know, and a lot of times if people don't have control of their thoughts and where their mind goes, then, you know, unfortunately it could go in that direction to where, you know, now you find yourself in a situation to where, oh, he's he's all of a sudden got an erection, you know, and, you know, how do we deal with this from here? You know, it could have been innocent to begin with, you know, but right, it's just it's all in how you deal with it and how the client, you know, responds to the situation, you know, after you address it as a professional, you know. What what if you're uh, ticklish? Like this, are people, how does that yes. come across when people, I'm sure there's a lot of people that say I'm ticklish under my arms or I'm ticklish on my feet or yep. I'm ticklish behind my knee or something like that. Like, how do you, yep. you know, navigate that kind of, uh, uh, you work, work around it if possible. Um, and you work slowly, you know, slowly and carefully, um, for a good example too. And I'm glad you asked this question. Uh, one of my clients, for example, and this is it kind of attests to how a lot of trauma and, you know, childhood trauma and things like that can play into a person's uh, overall health and wellness in the long term. Um, but I have a client um, that I work with regularly who um, she won't let me work her the back of her shoulder um, up underneath, like the armpit area. Um, for whatever reason, for the longest, she would always just kind of like belt out crying well not crying but just in hysterical laughter you know every time i would try to work this area on the back of her shoulder like up near the armpit area and i could never figure out why until one day you know i decided to ask her you know like why was she so ticklish in this area and she would always ask me you know to move on to not spend so much time there and all that but come to find out um when she was younger as a child she you know was adopted of course so she had a lot of siblings Um, and if you know anything about, you know, uh, sibling rivalry and all of that, you know, coming up when you were younger, uh, she had a lot of siblings that would always tickle her in that area, in her armpit, you know, right under there, um, to the point where it would become uncomfortable, you know, almost uncomfortably painful. You know, you know, that feeling you get when somebody's can tickling you uncontrollably and there's nothing you can do about it. So as a result of, um, years and years and years of this trauma, (laughs) or abuse rather, whatever you want to call it. Um, she now holds a lot of tension, you know, in that same area, because a lot of times whenever she's touched there, it's like, it triggers her memories of that, you know? So a lot of the work that we do is trying to get that, um, the, the, the type of work that she needs in that area to get the shoulder to relax. Uh Um, but, a lot of it is just kind of building the trust in the relationship um, with her first and foremost. You know, as I said, you got to address a lot of the psychological aspects of it as to why she won't, 
you know, let go and relax, you know, and, and, and allow a, you know, a therapist to work that area, you know, but a lot of it is just, you know, um, psychological in a sense, you know, she just don't want to give up control of that. Of course. Seeing how for so long, you know, she's suffered that abuse, which, you know, most people wouldn't even, uh, consider that to be, you know, any type of abuse, but in yeah, they wouldn't characterize that as abuse. Exactly. Right. But, but it is, you know, and these, are, this is the type of, uh, emotional, uh, abuse, uh, physical abuse that people incur on a day-to-day basis, you know, whether it's in small increments or in large doses, you know, over time right. it accumulates and it adds up. And then, you know, you start feeling that in the physical form, you know, that manifests into physical pain and stress and tension in the body, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, Another question that I, I kind of thought about, too, is uh, what if you need to, like, uh, pass gas or relieve yourself or, you know, for a lack of better word, uh, That's natural. Uh, once again, that's another uh, body's uh, physiological response to massage therapy. If you enter into a state of relaxation, you know, it just makes sense that your bladder and everything else is going to relax, too, as a result. So it is easy to hold pass on, hold gas. Hold on, hold on, breaks. You said bladder. Has somebody like peed themselves? In no, that no, definitely not. I've had okay, clients okay. that you know they they always okay. they'll ask to go to the bathroom first. Hopefully, um, okay. But it's not to say that it hasn't happened before. I'm I'm pretty sure you'll find a therapist out there that maybe has had a story, you know, of a client doing that on the table. You never know because depending on what type of massage you're into, um, you know, a lot of massage uh, dealing with like. Um, oncology patients and stuff like that you never know um what type of uh stuff that these these clients have going on with them to where you know maybe they're uh bedridden or you know they have issues to where they have to uh kind of alleviate themselves in in those ways sometimes that's that's great so dame right before we uh wrap this up there's a few questions i want to ask you uh you know a few quick fire questions. Um, so I wanted to know, like working for yourself, uh, what do you do from, uh, keep from being distracted? Ah, that's a good one. Uh, I try not to pay too much attention to what's going on on social media. Ah, yes. I, 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 I've spoken to that many of times here. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Definitely got to unplug a lot, you know, um, trying to stay away from that and getting caught up in the, the, the day-to-day events that take place in the world, you know, most of which is irrelevant to what right. it is that you're trying to do and what you're trying to build, you know? So just trying not to get bogged down in a lot of that. Um, and then of course, trying to stay on top of my studies, you know, it's a lot of the behind the scenes stuff that people don't see that you do, um, yeah. you know, as a healthcare professional, it's like, it's my goal to always constantly get better and become more well-informed. You know, about the so, body and healthcare and how I can help people. Um, so just because I graduated massage school doesn't mean the learning stops there. You know, it's like I'm constantly always reading my anatomy books and, you know, my kinesiology books. And, you know, I'm studying the body and and, and, and all of that so I can, you know, always continue to, to, to gain a better understanding, you know, of the body and how it works and how I can help. So it's safe to say that uh, you staying focused on your goals, how I've, um, I have helped you get to this point and staying focused on the, the things that you're looking at day in and day out. Um, so when, when you lose focus, you know, do you notice the roadblocks that are put in front of you when you lose that 
like besides social media, do you see any um, other things that kind of get in your way? Like being, uh, you know, being a son, being a friend, uh, you know, you know what I mean? Does all those things do, do those things get in your way and how do you navigate back to your focus? They do sometimes. I mean, it's, I, I don't want to say they get in the way. It's just hard right, to find a balance between, uh, you know, creating this professional life and then still wanting to have a personal life at the same time. It's, uh, it's definitely hard to try to find that balance because you don't really have much of a personal life if your professional life kind of seeps into your personal life. Um, right. You find ways to make it work. You know, anything you want badly enough, you know, you'll figure out a way to make it work no matter what. It's just. So what is it like working for you? Oh, man. Well, I've never worked under me before, but <laughs> I guess working for myself, I should have an answer to that question. But I mean, I'm very hard on myself. Yeah, I think we all uh, are. Myself to a higher standard, I think, than uh, most people do. And we, uh, we all should. We all should. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I'm not really sure, you know, what it would be like working for me, but I could imagine... Maybe it might be a little nerve wracking at times, but you know, I always have everybody's best interest at heart. You know, I've, I've always been that type of leader, that type of person um, to whereas, you know, if I can see you and respect your vision and, you know, um, your level of ambition and, you know, your willingness to want to learn and your openness to, to continuously learning, then, you know, everybody's you're, you're good in my book. So everybody that's on board moving towards the same goal, you know, we're, uh, we're definitely going to figure out ways to, to make this relationship work, man. But yeah, I, me and me and Damien have many conversations on that level, on that tip about just things that, uh, we both want to do in the direction that we both want to take our own individual lives. And to this point, it's led us to this, um, this show right now, right here. Um, and I can, I keep, I keep saying this, I can't be nothing but proud and happy for my guy. And the way and the way he's doing things and how he's performing and taking off. Um, two more questions, Dane. Um, do you think you can go back to a traditional job? Ah, I do think about that a lot. Um, depending on what it depends on what the job is, to be honest with you, because I've never been ashamed to take a job uh, for the sake of taking a job. You know, I'm all about being able to provide and you know keep food on the table. I have no shame in, you know, working a yeah, janitorial job if that's what I have to do, you know, to take care of myself and my family. Um, but at the same time, after, you know, getting that entrepreneurial bug and, and going into business for myself and having the freedom and the flexibility to kind of, you know, make my own schedule and yeah. determine, you know, the outcome of my income. Yeah. Something empowering in that to where I'm not really sure I could go back. Um, you know, maybe as I get older and I want to simplify life and, you know, settle down, depending on where I'm at at that point, you know, maybe I could see myself getting a job. But as of right now, it's like I'm still young. I'm still still ambitious and uh, got a lot of energy. So um, I'm just having fun, you know. And, uh, yeah, dude, I know. I know what you mean about, you know, uh, traditional jobs. And, you know, once I kind of started along this process and, and and I can see the vision of the finish line and what it could look like for me and having that prosperity as far as not being, not having a traditional job, quote unquote, 
but to be able to do something that I really want to do, that's something I really don't mind consuming all of my time and all of my days doing so. Yep. It'd be really hard. It's 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 really hard for me to see that and not and not want and, and want to have a traditional job. Yeah. So my last question for you, it's a little fun question that I like to ask is um, room, desk and car. Which one do you clean first? Oh, man. You gonna leave off on the hardest question? Uh, yeah, hardest question today, huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Absolutely. Room, desk, and car. Yeah, which one do you clean? Because they all need cleaning right about now, to be honest. With yeah, so, yeah, uh, you're telling me. No, man, I was. That's actually what I was supposed to be doing today. Well, that's because uh, I asked this because you know people who are busy who are constantly doing things. Yeah. Um, those are the three things that are kind of the hardest to maintain, yeah, living chaos. but, yeah. but, but I know right now I can guarantee you, if you need to walk into one of those three areas to find something you're looking for, you can. However, it, those or those, uh, those stationary places could be a little more, um, organized if you will. Oh yeah. So which one do you go for first? Oh man. Well, without any rhyme or reason to that question, I would have to say uh, probably my desk. Yeah, that's what I was gonna yeah. say too. I mean, my but why? Yeah, my desk could always be the first thing I clean because I feel like uh, that's my workspace. That's where I make my money, so to speak. Yep. Yeah. That, I was gonna say that was my same thought process. If this is where I make my money, then this is where I need the most organization. Yeah, so that way I can make sure everything else is in line and functioning properly. But then at the same time, the room, you know, is very important too. You know, for your own psychological health, yep. uh, you don't want too much clutter and all that in your space and everything else. So, you know, I was kind of tough between the room and the desk. Yeah, because um, my car, my car belongs to my dog, so I can't really yep. give that time as far as which one I clean. That one gets cleaned after I clean my parents' house or even the yard or the yard work or whatever else, dude, like the car is kind of like very at the total end just because of, uh, you know, the dog and everything. So, but, yeah. uh, the amount of time that we actually spend in the car, it's like we, we hop in, we hop out. And before you know it, you've got, you know, receipts and water bottles and, you know, workout gear and all this other stuff too yeah. floating around. But, uh, Damien, I want to say thank you again for coming by and sitting down with me and uh, spending spending a little bit of time out of your day. Um, I told you I'd be calling you. I told you I'd be trying to do this with you, and um, and here we are. And I'm just like I said, I'm really excited. Um, I've been blessed with a lot of knowledge that I didn't have previously, so this is awesome. I appreciate it, man. Thank you for coming. No by. problem. Thanks for having me, man. Anytime. So as we wrap up the show, Damien, can you uh, let my listeners know where we can find you? Uh, yeah, you can uh, actually check us out on the website at uh, supremebeingbodywork.com. Uh, we have a Facebook page as well. Um, you can go to the visit Facebook page and check us out up there and uh, also book your appointment online and see our rates and availability, uh, as well as the options that you have for the different therapists that we have to offer. Uh, and you can also check us out on Instagram, too. All right, Damien. Thanks. Yeah, no problem, man. I want to thank Damien again for coming through. We had such a good time. I had such a blast. That was so awesome. Make sure you guys go out there and support my guy. Make sure you go out there and support Damien. Um, 
SupremeBeingBodyWork.com. Go check it out. Support, support, support. Hey, what's up, everybody? I just want to say thank you for coming by and pressing play with me today. I am very honored, I'm very blessed, and I'm very fortunate to have you guys as listeners, as followers. So I want to hear more from you. Be sure to hit me up on my Facebook or my Twitter. Until next time, remember, focus for you.